This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means that you are listening to another episode of the Crown Cast. And it is a post react for our trip to St. Louis, where we uh, went to make St. Louis City feel special about their their new football team. If I sound sour, I am sour. Uh, I think it's probably safe to say that I am not the most likable person on the planet right now, but that does come with being a football fan when the bad happens. Uh, so we promise you reactions to the game. We promise you that these are going to be, you know, how we really feel. We promise you that these are going to be real emotions and you are getting them today. And here to have real emotions with me is Justin. Hello, Justin. Hey, Logan. And here to have real emotions with me is Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello. I, I believe I have those. Um, um, I mean, after you started running, you know, what was it? Five miles or whatever. Anyway, after you started running harder than the Charlotte FC players, uh, that's that's not fair. That was low. That was low. And it was unfair because actually there was a lot of really, really hard running out there today. So I cannot take that shot. I can, however, still congratulate you on your ability to be healthy. That I should do. So, Healthy-ish. Healthy-ish. Um, it, uh, I, am, I am sour. That is, that is the word I have chosen to use. Justin, do you have a better adjective for the emotion right now? Um, not that can be shared on a family-friendly podcast. Fair enough. Uh, Josh, any, any better adjectives than sour? Yeah, to be honest with you, I am not angry. I'm not frustrated. I am just jealous. I am jealous that St. Louis as a club and as a fandom gets to experience these two opening games that they did. Um, yeah. 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 Um, it wasn't great. Uh, we lost 3-1 to St. Louis. If, uh, if that's a spoiler for you, congratulations. You didn't have to watch it. And uh, we're just going to go into it. Uh, we uh, we do think there are some some performances that deserve to be called out. I think just like in our first season, there are things that we can see building here, and even in the even in the darker time, uh, even in the late darker time, uh, it it deserves to be called out. The things that we see building and the efforts that were put in that were really good. Uh, Justin, as ever, I'm going to give you the option: Are we going to start with the cards? get the get the murk out of the way and try and end on a high note or do you want to try and start with a high note and see if that puts us in a little bit better mood for the cards oh no we gotta we gotta talk about the bad because it, it, when you lose three one there's more bad than good yeah i would agree there is more bad than good and i want to be very clear this was not a great game this was chaotic we saw it some really good points, some places where things went, you know, really, really well. We also saw some places where things went really, really, really bad. And uh, Justin, you have a history of of carding the players for whom, no matter what else happens, one thing went really, 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 really bad. And I think there's more than one of them today. Would you say that's fair? Do you wanna do you wanna take the two yep. guys? Yep, uh, I'm I'm the guy that cards you if you you know, hand a goal to the opposition for us. And uh, today I have to give a half card to each of these guys because it happened twice. Uh, Bill Toiloma, you know, it's our central defenders. Bill Toiloma loops uh, what in attack would be a great header over uh, his own keeper. 
um, and and drops it in just before halftime uh, to to or, or sorry in the middle of the first half to to put St. Louis in a position to you know level this match. Um, it's incredibly frustrating because it's it's. I don't understand what he's going for. I don't know if he's trying to head over the post and whiffs horribly, or if he's trying to head it back to Cisniega and whiffs horribly. But you know, all he ends up doing is looping it over his own keeper, and it's it's utterly awful. And then late in the game, Adelson Melanda takes the pass from Cisniega, and I guess just stops paying attention for a minute. Does not recognize that Klaus is sitting right in right there behind him and in a near copycat goal to uh, St. Louis's second last week against Austin. Um, we have a player just pass it back to one of their attackers in a dangerous position. And Adelson Melanda, he's going to play a back pass to Cisniega, and he doesn't hit it with enough pace with somebody else there. Uh, he doesn't hit enough with, with enough precision, and he just gives it to Klaus, who uh, there's nothing Cisniega can do at that point. Um he he just uh, passes it right past him for a third. Uh, so unfortunately, both of our center backs uh, have to take a piece of this card from from me because they three goals it. that three goals <laughs> that St. Louis score and and the third from from a PK. So you know this is this is why we lose. I think uh, I think the statement there is they deserve it. Um, center backs play in a position that they know they are the last line. They know that if they make a mistake, it is likely to be a goal. And that doesn't make the job easier. Like, uh, you know, credit to people who can play center back. I certainly couldn't when I was a, a, a player. You know, I, I was not able to handle that position. So to anyone who can do it, incredible. Uh, I do think it's right that we call out that both of these are pretty bad. Um, I personally think that Tui Loma jumps too early and he misreads the flight of the ball. And then he's just already floating in the air and tries to still get something on it. Cause he's there. Uh, as for the, the Adelson Melanda uh, goal, I, I just think he doesn't, I mean, I, there was no back pass on there. Uh, maybe I will get a replay of this in a slightly better mood and I'll go. Yeah. Maybe if he hit a worldy pass that was, you know, perfectly spinning with all of exactly the right weight, then technically you could have gotten a back pass there. But the truth is there was a St. Louis player directly between him and the goalie and Adelson Melanda back passes to a place. There was no pass to be played. Even if it had been an almost flawless pass, I, I feel like it would have been very, even if it had made it to the keeper, the keeper would have been receiving that ball while getting tackled by the St. Louis player. Um, I, and I want to, I want to well, also stress that that this is just a card for that moment because outside of that, Milanda was incredible. Yeah, I, I was about to get to that. Uh, it is absolutely true that both of these two guys actually had pretty good games outside of these moments. And Adelson Milanda had a game that was so good he was constantly the name being, I think, mispronounced by the uh, announcers, you know, the entire game they were talking about. This is a 21-year-old, and I do think it's right. We remember he's a 21-year-old. He's going to have a few of these in him. Um, uh, one thing I do like is I like how it, after it happened, Brant Bronico sprinted up to him and lifted his head up 
And you could see right there that, no, you don't get to put your head down. You're still Adelson Melanda. You're still the uh, – somehow this young kid has become the core of our defense. Um, but it was, uh, it, was, it was not a good moment, uh, which very unfortunately puts a dark streak in what was otherwise a pretty good game from Melanda. Uh, Josh, do you want to get on, on these two or have we beat it to death? No, those are those are pretty much my thoughts. I, I think Tuiloma is just unlucky. I agree with you, Logan. I think he jumps too soon. Um, he's trying to make a play on a ball against a, a striker. Those things happen. The Melanda one, again, he this is I mean, really it's when you think about Adelson Melanda with Charlotte, is this the first mistake he's ever made? And and I don't mean that in a in a glib way. I mean that in a very sincere way. Like when I think about this kid and what he's done for this team. I cannot think of another thing that jumps to mind immediately that says, yeah, he was he was bad in that situation. Um, I think he deserves a card for it because it is one of those mistakes that is inexcusable. But I also think he's a 21 year old center back who's played out of his mind. And those things happen as well. Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. Uh, I'm going to move along, uh, Josh, and I'm going to send it into your card. Yeah, so so my card is um, for for Derek Jones. Uh, I, I will, I do want to sort of begin this by saying, I think he got better in the second half, maybe around the 65th, 70th minute and on. I think he, he was better, but for the majority of that game, I either felt like I wasn't seeing him or he was getting dispossessed. My big issue with, with Derek Jones has and continues to be his inability, in my opinion, to quickly move the ball from his feet. He will pirouette in the center of midfield. He can slalom through defenders. He can take a ball down like a 6'4 guy should not be able to do. The one thing that he can't do is get that ball moved on quickly. There was one point where he did this wonderful little settle of a ball, sort of spun around in midfield, and I was screaming, just get the ball out of your feet now. And he couldn't do it, and he got dispossessed, and St. Louis got the ball in the middle of the park. Um he brings a lot of good things to this team in different situations. I just thought that there were times when he just slows the game down for us and it, and it can really hurt us when we want to get going. Yeah, he does. He does slow the game down quite a lot. Um, and he was another one I felt like was frustratingly uh, giving up space or getting dispossessed in dangerous areas. But then all of a sudden he'd turn around and he'd be one who made an amazing cutout of a St. Louis play. Um, so I do think on the whole, it was very much not a good day for Derek Jones. But another player who, in in moments, sort of the other way of you know what we talked about, Adelson Melanda, actually did a couple really good things. But uh, I actually I have a good question for you here, Josh. Since we're you know we can use this to sort of chat for a moment. Sure. Uh, do you think that when it comes to developing play, Derek Jones struggles with reading the field? Do you think his inability to move the ball is a, you know, whether he's looking at his feet too much when he dribbles or whether he doesn't get the picture before the ball comes to him or whether he's just, it feels like there's something about his knowledge of the field that does not update as fast as everyone else. Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. I, I you know, it, it, being completely honest, I'm not sure what it is. 
there are times when I just feel like he seems hesitant to pass it, where there's almost this lack of confidence to touch that ball, see the player he wants to to pass it to, and just get it there. He almost it almost is like he has to take a touch first. And then maybe another touch before he can get the ball out. And it might be a reading of the game issue, right? Where he really has to sort of see the pass instead of feeling it. Um, I, I can't say for for certain. I don't think it's a crazy thought, though. I think it's a good one. Whatever it is, I think it's a real detriment to this team at times. And I do think it's a big deficiency in his game. And I think it's probably the reason why he is. Um, and this is really met with no disrespect. But there is a reason that Derek Jones is a 27-year-old who is just now kind of becoming a major player at a club at in an expansion club, right? There are deficiencies to his game. And I think the more he plays, the more you see both the good and the bad. Yeah, I'm going to go to you with this one, Justin, because I, I noticed this and I feel like you will, you will keep me on track because you're not afraid to, to tell me whether or not what I'm seeing is not right. I feel like he rolls the ball when he passes it. He doesn't zip it to people. He doesn't hit it. He just sort of rolls it to people. And I, I feel like that really slows our play down in a and, and it results in our players having to drop back to the ball instead of moving us forward. Are you seeing that, Justin? Yeah, I mean it, it feels like it, you know, like you said, he doesn't have the confidence to just hit the pass and and he is rolling it and you're right in that it's causing our players to, to have to slow down that's where he i think is worst in terms of turning over possession in the midfield i i think that that's why he has so much issue with his passing accuracy uh in there i agree with josh that defensively he got better i think early in the game he was very poor defensively honestly i, I thought he was late to get in and and cover and and provide some of that screen you know we talked when we played new england last week about how many 1v1s our defenders had to handle um and jones is supposed to be in there for the screen and, and, and to give them that support and he was a little slow in the first half um it got a lot better he he did a great job, like both of you said, of stepping in and dispossessing, but then he's hitting bad passes that the pace and the accuracy are both off. Yeah. Um I feel like I'm just hammering a nail in on this guy. Uh because I don't think he felt I don't think I felt like he kept space between the lines well either. But uh, I don't think we need to go any further into Derek Jones. This is probably not his best day. And you know, hopefully he turns it around for the next one. Uh, hopefully he turns performances like he turns players in the midfield because that he does very, very well. Um, uh, I'm going to go into my card here and I'm going to card Christian Latanzio. I like a lot of what Christian Latanzio does. I like a lot of the ideas Christian Latanzio has. I like Latanzio ball and I like the potential that it has. I think we are seeing today what happens when you try to play this super connected high press play up the field, lots of weight on our back line um, style. And technically you can't do it. Uh, that super high press system requires two fullbacks that are really special. Um, it requires two defenders who are uh, two central defenders who are capable of taking immense amounts of pressure 
from fast, uh, fast attacks, fast breaks. It requires a midfield that is capable of really finding space and breaking down low blocks, but also being uh, aggressive while while still being technical enough to not lose the ball in dangerous areas. Uh, it takes a leader at the top of the pitch who, you know, whether that's a one or a two in the system, um, who can move bodies around and uh, and hold play well. And I don't, I'm not saying that all of these things can't be done at Charlotte FC, but what we saw today was lacking in the ability to to complete that style. Derek Jones was not able to get it done. I don't think that's on the fault of Derek. I mean, I think part of what went what happened was on the fault of Derek Jones, but Derek Jones was asked to play a highly mobile, consistently shifting system that I don't know if he's ever played in. I'll be honest, because in preseason he was playing as a central defender or a or a left back. And today we see Brant Bronico in the left back position. And you know what? I counted not once, but twice that Brant Bronico was the highest attacking player on the furthest right side of our field. And I, I may be crazy, but that leaves space in our left back position. And that's, and that's if Brant has been given the right to go up and take that space, you know, he is now operating under left back pressure that to my knowledge, he has not trained to handle in this team. We haven't seen him do in preseason. We haven't seen him do in any regular season. We have Carol Swiderski being pushed out to the right. Uh, I, I think there were things today that Carol Swiderski did really well. I don't think that defense is necessarily one of them. Carol Swiderski gives away a handball and a penalty in the box. I don't think that's significantly Carol Swiderski's fault. I think he busted his butt as hard as he could to get back and throw himself in front of uh, an attack to help his team as much as possible. But he's not a right winger, and he's not used to being in that situation. And his hand happened to be out, and it hit his hand, and it became a penalty. And all of these pieces just being a, a little shifted out or or being... Uh, or not having the time to interconnect, if you're going to push everyone up and you're going to play this style and you're going to to do these high-speed connecting passes, which I want to be clear, when they came off today, looked amazing, right? When it worked today, people were drooling over how pretty this game was. But a lot of it, did not work. A lot of it was horribly disconnected. A lot of it was people in places where they don't normally play or they are not equipped to succeed. And I don't think you can lay that at the feet of anyone other than Christian Latanzio. I think he's doing the best with what he has in the system. I think he's trying to find new ways to make it work. But I think we found one that is not the success. Um, I'm going to go to you, Josh. I've been I've been rambling now, I think. Am I am I off the deep end? Am I just sour? I I'm not sure I quite agree that Latanzio deserves a card. I, I do agree with some of your points though. Um I the technical ability of this team, I think, 
has very much improved from last year. And the pieces that we have, I can see it working for Latanzio. With that said, and I am, again, I say this all the time, I am a bigger Swiderski supporter than either of you two are, but I am beginning to see some issues with where Carroll fits in this. I think the right wing did not overall work for him. I thought he was fine overall, right? Um, I think in this kind of system, he has to be back in the middle of the field. He cannot be back on that right wing. Um, Vargas gains someone. Shinoshiki even has to be out there. Um, I have to imagine that these tactics are what has led to Nathan Byrne looking like a little league player like I, I don't know where the nathan Byrne was of last Dang, year I, I thought i was being harsh <laughs> um i mean this is just the truth though nathan but yeah. the nathan Byrne of last year when he came on i could not stop drooling about that guy and he looks nothing like that player and either he has dropped off physically over the over the break to a point where he is never going to be that player or the tactics and the soccer he is being asked to play is not right for him. And I do agree with you with, if you want to play Latanzio style, you need good fullbacks to do it. We know we don't have a left back. I thought we had a right back, but it doesn't appear to be working right now, at least with this style. So, yeah. Uh, uh, just uh, something I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot out here for you, and maybe it's best that we talk about this on Wednesday. But I don't see why we're not tilting the field. I don't see why we are not holding Nathan Byrne back and making him sort of a tilted three. You know, he has a little bit of, of right to press, but he's not supposed to be overlapping. And I... then we let our left, our left side go. I mean, especially if you're going to put Brant Bronico up there, who is a literal engine. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to put Brant Bronico in that space, don't give him defensive responsibilities. Let him push up. Let him play the role where he gets to be a part of it. He gets to be that second stack in the midfield. Yep. Uh, and I don't, the, the reason I'm carding Christian Latanzio is I see pieces where I go, yeah, that's really smart. And then I see other pieces where I go, if you do this, why have you done this? <laughs> right. And, uh, I'm, I'm rambling and I am the one who's supposed to be stopping that. So Justin, please, your thoughts on the Latanzio setup. Um, I, I think he got it wrong for this one. Um, I don't think that Brandt should have been stuck out into a left back position that he's not familiar with, even if the idea is to kind of try and tilt that field, like tilt that field, like you're saying, and let him push forward. But it, it he got run past in, in the defensive duties of a left back, and that's not his fault. He's not a left back. Um, it, we had 61% of the ball and only managed six shots, only three on target. They had 40% of the ball and had 11 shots and five on target. We're, we're not doing anything with the possession that we're getting. We're running into blind alleys or we're, we're turning the ball over before we can get to that dangerous area and, and possessing the ball in ineffective areas, unthreatening areas. And, and it, it has to come back to, you know, to the setup and to, to how we're being deployed out there and, Yes, some of it is on the players because there are times where you have opportunities. Nathan Byrne had a wide open opportunity to take a shot uh, and instead tried to kind of ping a cross in that that sort of didn't go to anybody. But 
you know, I, I, I think that Latanzio got this one wrong. Yeah, I absolutely think he got it wrong. And I think, you know, one thing that might might be deserved to call out here is that uh, while I think he had a pretty good game, Andre Shinyashiki was blowing at like 60 minutes. At like 60 minutes, Andre Shinyashiki was not the same player. I don't know if it's just he has not played significant match minutes yet, um, but he, he was running hard, so I'm not questioning his his effort. But by 60 minutes, he looked like he was out of gas and maybe and i think that affected us significantly i think it was it was right of latanzio to pull both swiderski and uh shinyashiki both because they were on cards and because they had both done a lot of running and looked like they were not keeping up uh i'm gonna move us along Uh, i have talked enough so uh justin would you please uh, lead us into the happier part of the episode where we talk about the people who did the stuff good? Would you give us your crown? Yeah, and, and since you're coming to me first, I'm going to go ahead and take, I think, the easiest one and, and steal this from everybody and say that that Kamil Yuzwiak was everywhere, was advancing the ball into dangerous areas, was linking play, was making lung-busting, long-distance runs, you know, yes, it's it's other players who send in the cross and get the header that score the goal, but it's the run from uh, Kamil Yuzwiak that, that splits everything open and, uh, uh, you know, buys the space for everyone else. Um, I think that it, he was all over the place, and I think that on a day where most of our team did not cover themselves in glory and did not play up to their normal standards. I think Kamal Yuzwiak played at a level that I think should be his standard, and, and I think that he is absolutely capable of going forward. Uh, yeah, he was the best player on the field, potentially in both teams. He was fast, he was accurate, um, he was exchanging passes with Shinyashiki in an absolutely brazilian way um he was cutting through defenses he was making diagonal runs he was there to receive the ball his passes were crisp he hit the passes to people instead of rolling them uh he had some creative opportunities that he both created off the ball and um you know hit for other people not all of them came off he did everything today but the final piece so I, I know now for me, he has everything but the final piece. Uh, he had an amazing game today. We only got one goal. He was not, I mean, he was involved in it, but I will be, I will be eagerly looking for his final piece. Uh, Josh, thoughts on Kamala Yushriak? Uh Yeah, well, so I think technically he will get a uh, MLS assist for his role in the goal, but I, I do hear what you're saying. Um, this was second half Kamo. This, and what I mean by that is second half of last year. This was the good Kamo Yuzwiak that we saw at the end of last year. And to me, the final piece for Kamo is not the end product, although I want to see it, right? Don't get me wrong. To me, the final piece is the consistency part. This needs to be Kamo week in and week out, and that's, I don't think, what we've seen. Um, the one thing I want to highlight about him is he has this really good ability where with his back to the goal, he can receive a ball take a touch and he does this little turn thing where he drops his shoulder and he just goes around players that way and cuts into the middle of the field and he's off and going um i also don't think it should be overlooked that he was playing on a side with brant bronico as a left back and we've talked about how there were issues with that so he's he's having this good game 
with a player playing behind him who is not used to that role. Um, I thought he was really, really good the entire game. These are the type of games, again, that give me hope, and it's that consistency part, because I think if this is the combo that we see week in and week out, I don't think we're going to have to worry about goals or assists. I think they will just naturally come. So a question for you on that one. Do you feel like he benefited from the Brent Bronico role? I mean, Brent Bronico struggled in his defensive duties because he's not Mm -hmm. a left back. Mm -hmm. But one thing Brent Bronico does really well is find space and combine up the field. And I think him, Andre, and uh, Kamil were Mm -hmm. like the... Every time there was one of those silky oh my gosh, we just tore through three lines of defense with beautiful mm-hmm. one-touch passing. It was those three. Um, I, I I, think him and him and Andre, I think, looked really good together. And I think that's because Andre's ability in tight spaces to do little flicks and little passes is he's one of the better ones on the team, right? Whereas I earlier this pod, I did say I wanted Swiderski back in the center. I don't know that Swiderski combines with Uzwiak quite as well so i do think that that is part of it um again the conundrum that is becoming admittedly carol swiderski with this team yeah um justin you want any any last way in here no i mean i i, I really like the point about also. i know but i i do want to say i really like the point about the way he connects with with shinyashiki and like you said logan i think he knows how to connect with brant bronico i think that the the better use of that is for brant bronico to push forward out of that left midfield role rather than up from a left back role yeah i i would agree all right josh i'm gonna give you the second crown and i'll figure out a third one <laughs> so for me really the only crown that i want to give today is to nuno miguel valente santos yep that's um, the other I am- one <laughs> I am staking my claim to this guy. He is, I've not given up on Mackenzie Gaines, but Nuno is now in that same. He has to play. He came on that ball to Westwood mm-hmm. where he split the defense, split a few defenders. You wish it hadn't gone maybe to Ashley Westwood, maybe to Camel or someone else in that position. I don't know how many other players on that team can see that pass and execute that pass. He had the diving header that unfortunately, you know, didn't actually go in. But when he is on the field, you notice him. He makes fantastic runs. He is unafraid. He is technically gifted. He can make a pass. I understand we haven't seen a lot of him. I understand this is small sample size. My gut, my head, my heart is screaming that this is what this guy is. And the fact that we are just not playing him. I, I, it confuses the heck out of me. And he, ha- he has to see the field more. And if that's at the, at the sacrifice of Carol Swiderski, Andre Shinoshiki, um, Brant Bronico, Ashley Westwood, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm sort of reaching a point, maybe not Westwood, I'm sort of reaching a point, though, where there are few players on this team that I want to see play more than Nuno Santos because he just seems to do good things on it. Yeah. Um, He was the other one. Absolutely. You know, when we got on this, uh, you know, we said we were going to do crowns and cards, and I said, well, I can only think of two crowns. And and those were the two. Um, Justin, you want to get on Nuno? Because I think he deserves it. I mean, he played really well. No, I mean, I'm I'm with Josh. This is the sort of thing where when we see bad performances from the guys that we normally see in the the first 11— 
you got to give other guys that are showing you know a skill with the 15 20 minutes that they're getting they're they're showing off their quality you got to start giving them real consideration for for the spot in the starting 11 yep i mean he's definitely uh he is knocking on latanzio's door as they say um i will admit that pass he put up to to westwood was chef's kiss Mwah. it was it was the type of thing that if you are a football analyst, you you drool over um, to see him making that run because because that run was not entirely blind to him. Obviously, he saw it, but it wasn't easy to spot. the The lane was not an easy lane to hit. The weight of the pass had to be perfect, or it was just a giveaway. Everything about it was perfect, except for Ashley Westwood uh, tripping, which you know happens. Unfortunately. Uh, Really, really good cameo from from Nuno Santos, who who stuck his name on a good performance today. Uh, I'm gonna stop stalling. And, sorry, can I just say one more thing about Nuno, so you can yeah. stall for one more second? Oh, absolutely, please <laughs> stall as much as you um, like, buddy. The other thing I want to say about Nuno, and after this game, this is this is my other thought about him is I know there have been talk, and I know in the preseason he was played out wide. Please do not put him out wide. I do not want to see <laughs> Nuno Santos out wide. Um, I, I like his runs, but his runs are a consequence, I think, of timing. He is not quick enough, in my opinion, to be on the outside. More importantly, though, he needs to be on the ball. He needs to be receiving the ball. He needs to be dribbling with the ball. He needs to be taking up dangerous spaces. He needs to be passing the ball. I think he's going to be limited if you put him out on the wing. If that's the only place Latanzio is willing to put him in order to get him on the field, fine. Because I'm at that point where he just needs to be on. But ideally, he needs to be in the center of the pitch, and he needs to be along with Westwood, the guy who is running that show from the midfield. Yeah. Um, uh, I think all that's true. So I'm going to stop stalling, and I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to give out my crown. And I'm going to uh, I'm going to give it to Brant Bronico. And I will tell you why, because I think he had significant challenges in this game. Brant Bronico no matter what has been thrown at him, has put every single ounce of energy he has into it. And when we were down today, he pushed harder. When we couldn't find ways up the field, he connected in those those silky passes between uh, Andre Shinishiki and Kamil Yushriak. Uh, when Kamil was getting double teamed, he was the guy up there pulling people away. When Adelson Melanda had probably the darkest moment in his Charlotte FC history, not probably, definitely the darkest moment in his Charlotte FC history, he was the one right there picking people up. Um, We talked the other day about how uh, Ashley Westwood looked like a leader, looked like the captain. Brant Bronico looked like a leader today. Um, Out of place, out of position, giving... 480 percent i'm not sure the guy knows how to give less in not his role trying to cover not just his normal two positions but he's now trying to cover like four and uh, i'll be honest i think a lot of things got by him today i think he's probably not capable of covering four positions uh but that did not stop him from trying and it didn't stop him from being the guy that once again was was in it to win it and was not going to stop until the the final whistle. 
And for for that, sir, you you get another crown from the crown cast. Um, Justin, you think that's a fair crown? Yeah, I mean, he was definitely played out of position. In attack, he was still everything that, that you want from Brandt. In the midfield in the challenges, he's still everything that you want from Brandt. The weakness that he had today was in the area that he is wholly unfamiliar with, and that is defending that back corner by the corner flag, and you can't put that on him. Nope, I don't think you can. Josh, thoughts on Brandt? Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I The only thing I'll add is... <laughs> Um, I would, I would be okay with seeing Brent Bronico at left back more. Um, I, I don't know if we will, but in my opinion, it's not going to be worse than with Joseph Moore or with Harrison awful. And the upside seems higher, especially if you can get the balance of the team a little bit better, um, and allow him to maybe be more attacking and midfield oriented than defensive. Um, for someone who is just thrown in there, yeah, I mean, how can you blame him? They they didn't score a goal because of him, and I think that says it all. Yeah, are are, are you saying that if we were to lean into Brant Bronico's attacking strengths on the left and Nathan Burns' defensive strengths on the right, maybe if we tilted the field, that we could potentially see? Some, no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run you guys through that again. Uh, but but I love you guys, and uh, and I love all of you who who watched this one and are probably sour right there with me, uh, we are going to... No, we're not going to wrap it up uh, because, Justin, I need your two sentences to take us home before I start to wrap it up. I, I don't have any for this one. This one. This one hurt too much. This is too frustrating. All right. Uh, Josh, you have, uh, you have a wrap-up for us? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that better days are ahead but i only think that <laughs> why have you got to hit me with that out of the blue okay um my final wrap up is uh these are the days we're together these are the days that uh that we 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 celebrate together and we also mourn and be sour together and that's part of what makes this game so special. Um, so if you are out there, if you are being sour alongside me, <laughs> if you are mourning a really not inspiring start to Charlotte FC season, uh, and if you still love this club, just like me, uh, we love you. And uh, we will talk to you when we break all of this down on Wednesday. Goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com.